1: And now, America's healthcare advocate,
0: Carrie Hall. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HIA Radio Network. Our producer, Mr. Oscar Monterroso. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. This is your show, America. Thank you for joining us and making us one of the most listened to talk shows throughout the United States. 287 affiliates strong now. We just added Cape Girardeau, the Cape AM and FM. Very happy to be on down there on Saturday and Sunday. We're going to be down there twice a week, so we're pretty happy about that. The Cape and Cape Girardeau, Missouri. I think that was the home of Rush Limbaugh at one time, if I'm not mistaken. Our producer today is Mr. Oscar Montarossi. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. This is your show, America. Once again, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, As we broadcast today throughout the United States, you can follow me on Facebook at America's Healthcare Advocate if you choose to do that. You can also listen to these shows on the podcast platforms, TuneIn, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spreaker. So if you hear a show, you want to tell somebody about it, you want to go back and listen to it again, we get a lot of people that ask for these shows to be sent out to them. We're happy to do it, but they're all up there on the website, uh, on the podcast platforms as well. So you can find the shows uh, on the podcast platforms. The website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. If you've got questions, recommendations, or anything you want to talk about or want me to talk about, feel free to send us an email. We will be happy to address it on the air, especially if it's something interesting. So once again, the website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. All right, in studio with me today, we've got quite a crew in here today. We've got Matt Doherty uh, from Life Flight Eagle joining us in studio. We've got Sean Lowry uh, from Life Flight Eagle joining us in studio today. And we've got Samantha Friesman and her mother, Judy Friesman, joining us in studio today, as well as flight nurse Diane Sanderson joining us in studio from Life Flight Eagle. So the story is on April 2nd, it was a very serious car accident up in, in Bethany, Missouri. And what happened was this car that um, the young lady was in, Samantha Freeman was in, uh, had a head-on collision with the three-quarter ton truck. Didn't work out too well, did it, Samantha? No, it didn't. So we're going to talk about what happened today. It was a very serious accident. She's very fortunate to be sitting here today because she almost lost her life in this situation. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to ask Sean and Diane to talk about what happened when they got on the scene. It took an hour to get her out of the car. They could cut her out of the car. The Bethany Fire Department did that. And then from there, we're going to talk about what Life Flight Eagle did to get her in the helicopter and get her to Children's Mercy Hospital. So Sean, let's start with what happened when you got on the scene.
3: We got the call from Bethany Fire department in NTA Ambulance, and uh, we arrived on the scene uh, just about the time that they were extricating her from the vehicle. Um, We had to land, unfortunately, kind of a little bit of a hike away uh, across the other side of the bridge that they were on, and uh, when we arrived on scene, NTA Ambulance had already had her out of the vehicle and uh, lying on a backboard in the middle of the road, and they were uh, securing an airway on her. She wasn't breathing well, um, had some other issues with her blood pressure being really low. And uh. so Diane, when you came on the scene, it's my
0: understanding that the initial uh, EMS ground crew didn't it didn't look like she had a lot of severe injuries initially. But then they started to recognize that something was seriously wrong, and that's where you all were called in. so when you it was Sean just talked about you got there, they had her on a board. What happened after that?
4: Well, I remember uh, walking up to the scene, and as we looked at her, I thought she looks just like one of our simulation patients that we do every year. <laughs> she was pasty pale didn't really have any external obvious injuries that we would think what was going on with her, but she was not responsive, which is the number one thing that we would be concerned about. She had serious injuries of some sort because she was so pasty pale and unresponsive. So then we went about our tasks from there.
0: So what was the first thing you had to do when you noticed that that she's not responsive, she's pasty pale. Sean said she's not breathing well. What happened after that? What did you have to start in terms of procedure to find out where she was at and what you were going to have to do?
4: Well, we were really fortunate as one, one of our own flight medics happened to be the uh, had to happen to be volunteering that day for NTA where he also works, and so he had already intubated her he was securing the airway so that she would be able to breathe well and then we just went ahead and did the rest of our assessments. We divide up in what we do before we get there know which one of us is going to do what and so with the assistance of the other medic that was already on scene, he was able to go ahead and uh, manually calculate the drip for us to give her some pain medication and to keep her, um, Comfortable while she was intubated, and to keep her still as we transported her, and then we continued with our assessments. We do it as quickly as we can so that we can get lifted and get her to the emergency care she needs.
0: So, Sean, you 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 all decided to take her to Children's Mercy. What? Why the decision to go to Children's Mercy with her? Was it because of specialty treatment at Children's Mercy?
3: Absolutely, yeah, and especially due to her age, uh, Children's is one of the only places in the area that specializes in child trauma. They're a level one uh, trauma center for for. Uh, people under the age of 18. And we recognized pretty quick with all of the presentations that she had that that is the place that she needed to be at. Um, you know, we, we unfortunately, we don't have x-ray vision and stuff. So it's hard to tell what you got going on inside. Um, we have to base our our transport decisions on vital signs and things like that. And it was it was pretty obvious that we had some significant injuries going on that required yeah, uh, she, top level care. Yeah,
0: so Dan, she had very significant in, injuries. You, you wound up finding out uh, later on that she had a tear in her aorta. Um, she had uh, some other issues as well uh, with surgical, uh, excuse me, with her spine and some other things that were going on. Were you When you got her in the helicopter, now you're saving her life. You're getting her to Children's Mercy. You're getting information to Children's Mercy if you, as you are in the air with her?
4: We give a report to them, and yes, as far as her being unresponsive, the fact that she was so pale and was involved in such a severe uh, impact, that pale at her age, she had to have some kind of internal bleeding. And because of the mechanism, then you assume that there's some more serious things that we can't see on the outside but because uh, it's covered by your skin, but you can tell by those things on, on the inside looking on the outside.
0: So you're relaying this information to Children's Mercy, Sean, and they're getting set up to take her immediately when you land into the yard ER and
3: into the level one trauma center? That's correct. Yeah. Uh, we try to at least give 15 to 20 minutes notice, and that allows them to call uh, trauma code, and they, they get all their, their doctors together in, in specific areas, uh, all the trauma nurses and some of the equipment that they might need based on what we tell them that we're coming in with. And... Uh, Yeah. When we arrived on scene, they were ready to go. They had, you know, probably 20 people in the room and they went to work immediately and started in on everything that they needed. Um, we also give a report when we arrive to the hospital. Um, and that helps just in case we miss anything on the radio report too, but they, uh, they started immediately. They, it was like a, a swarm hitter and they were all doing their, their jobs and they did it well. And,
0: yeah, she's sitting here today, so obviously, yes. and she's smiling, <laughs> and she got her neck brace off today, so she's pretty happy, from what I understand yes. about that.
4: Yeah, and so are we? <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure you. I'm sure you're happy to see her. We are. <laughs> yeah. So that's about. I've been to Bethany many times. Um, that's about an hour and forty-five minute, hour and fifty-minute drive. You guys got her Children's Mercy in about what? How long? I'd
4: I say think probably it was about thirty-five minutes. Thirty to
3: thirty-five minutes is our normal time there. That's remarkable.
0: Yes, this is
4: pretty remarkable.
0: Yeah, that is absolutely remarkable. So you got her in thirty to thirty-five minutes. You know, I know from we've done these shows with Matt and many other people over the years, and that that one hour that uh, after that critical situation is called they call it the golden hour. You all that's call right. it the golden hour. Yes. and so you did you did it in thirty-five minutes. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty amazing that you were able to do that. Yeah,
4: that thirty-five minutes is the flying.
0: Right, you know, yeah.
4: that's the responsibility of the pilot and the helicopter. So, we're very fortunate to have that kind of speed behind yeah. us, yeah. And
0: so, and this is another thing that's important for people out there to understand. We've talked about this in other broadcasts while she's in the helicopter, she's being treated by you, by oh, both of you, correct? Absolutely. Yes. Yep. all right. So, you what were you doing to treat her
3: as she was in the helicopter? Um, we had her on a ventilator. Um, so she was on a ventilator. She in- was, she was on a ventilator and, uh, she was sedated and we, we actually decided to, uh, paralyze her. Um, and so that keeps her from moving around and generating any further injuries in case she has, you know, when she ended up with the C1 fracture, um, it keeps her from moving around unintentionally and creating more issues, uh, and further injuring herself. Um, and the ventilator takes over for her and, uh, the the really nice thing about the ventilators that we carry is it does all the math and calculations for you. You enter in our height and it does everything. It it senses how large her lungs are and everything and it automatically does the calculations for you and we can move on to other treatments.
0: That's really quite remarkable.
3: When we come back from the break we're going to
0: continue this fascinating conversation. We're going to now talk with uh, Samantha Freeman, the patient, the young lady sitting here and her mother, uh, Judy Freeman and they're going to talk about Samantha doesn't remember a lot of this. Her mother remembers an awful lot of it. So when we come back from the break we'll continue the conversation. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate broadcasting here on the HIE radio network coast to coast across the U.S. If you want to learn more about Life Flight Eagle's membership program, the website is LifeFlightEagle.org, LifeFlightEagle.org. The phone number, 888-601-4913. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HI radio network. You can find out more about us by going to our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. A lot of videos up there, some very interesting information up there. Dr. Jim Elias has got some videos up there we did with him a couple of weeks ago that are pretty interesting if you're interested in going up to the website. And once again, um, all the shows are on the podcast platforms if you want to listen to them or tell someone about them. Our producer, the always. Perfect, Mr. Oscar Monterosi. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. We're going to continue this conversation today. We've got a lot of folks in the studio today. We're talking about uh, a, a situation that occurred on April 2nd, a very significant accident that almost took the life of this young lady sitting right across the table from me here in the studio. You'd never know by looking at her now. Uh, And the two people that saved her life had a lot to do with that are sitting here as well. So Matt Doherty from Life Flight Eagle here. Sean Lowry, the paramedic who was actually on this flight. And Diane Sanderson, also the flight nurse who was on this flight and brought this young lady to Children's Mercy Hospital. Her mom's in studio with me, Judy Friesman, and Samantha Friesman is the patient. So let's go back now, Judy. Um, This has happened. You didn't know that it happened when it occurred. You were called When?
2: I was called after she was put on fly-flight, and they were on their flight on the way down to Kansas Children's Mercy. Um, the param- One of the first responders uh, lives right next to me. Uh, he had to find his—my uh, phone number called me. He said if he couldn't find it, he was going to drive over because he knew where we lived. Um, I had to find daycare for the kids I had at my house. And I was on the road within 15, 20 minutes.
0: What did they tell you when they called?
2: They told me that she was in flight to Children's Mercy and she was alive when she left.
0: That was it? That was it. She was in flight and she was alive when she left? (laughs) Yes. That's not exactly an encouraging uh, message for a mom to get when her child has been in an automobile accident.
2: No, they didn't even tell me where it was at at the time. They just told me she was in flight and she was alive when she left. And she's going to Children's Mercy.
0: Okay. And so you got in the car and you drove about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes to Children's Mercy? Yes. Okay. And when you got there, what did you find?
2: Um, Once I got through security, which was a new experience, um, I got to outside the trauma room with the social worker. And you couldn't get in the trauma room. Right. Um,
0: Well, COVID was still, all the restrictions were in place when this was going on, right? Yes. Right.
2: Right. I looked in the room, and there's all these people. Had no idea who these people were. Um, the social worker weaved me through all these people. Um, I could see her.
0: So you could actually see her on the on the operating table when they were taking care of her, the gurney, whatever they had her on? On the
2: gurney. when okay. I could see it. She was intubated. She was not responding. Um, they were yelling for more blood. Um,
0: so it was obviously not a very pretty picture. No. No, and it probably terrified you to see your daughter in that situation.
2: Right, and she had a heating blanket on her, so she was cold. Um, She didn't look good. She was very white. Um, From there, I heard them yelling that they already run two units of blood in her, and they were calling for three and four, the third and fourth units of blood. Um, That didn't make me feel good, either. Um, So, I weaved myself back out of there. I couldn't handle it. I went and sat in the Hallway waiting for them to decide what they're going to do. Um, next thing I knew is they said they called KU for a cardiac surgeon that she had a tear in her aorta. Okay. Um, cardiac surgeon came from KU.
0: He came from KU to Children's Mercy.
2: Came to Children's Mercy.
0: Right. I understood they could not, they, they, they not want to move her from Children's Mercy to KU for the surgery, so they brought the surgeon there.
2: The surgeon came over to evaluate her to see if she could make it to KU. He decided she was not stable enough Okay. Um, to transfer. Um, within 10 minutes, they had operating privileges for the KU doctor, which they say is very unusual. I'm sure. Um, they usually don't get permission that quick, which told me it was very, very serious. Um, next thing I knew, she was going to the operating room um sat and waited it seemed like forever
0: how long do you think she was in there
2: probably a good two hours
0: that's a long surgery
2: um they told me they were going to do a cardiac cath and repair the aorta um then the operating nurse came out a little after an hour and said the cath cardiac cath went well the stents repaired they were putting drainage tubes in, found out she was still bleeding.
0: From her heart? From her heart. Okay.
2: There was still active blood coming out through the drainage tubes more than the surgeons wanted to see. They had a cracker chest, and they found an 8-millimeter tear in the right atrium of her heart that they had to repair so it would quit bleeding. And... Uh,
0: and they were able to do all that?
2: They were able to do that all that night.
0: It is remarkable, isn't it, that we have that kind of medical care in this country and that they could save her life like that? Because literally, that saved her life, did it not?
2: If, if they wouldn't have fixed it, she would not be here.
0: That's really quite remarkable. I also understand that she broke a C1 vertebrae in her spine.
2: Right. The first vertebrae in her um, neck was cracked. Um, we found that out a couple days later after they were able to do more x-rays because that was not their priority at the time the heart was. Um, If we couldn't get the heart stabilized, there was no sense of doing anything else. Um, They had a C-collar on her the whole time, um, which she got off today, which she's very happy about.
0: Yeah, I could see that. (laughs)
2: Um, She also had tears in both carotid arteries. Um, We go back in July to see if those are healed. Um, so she also had tears there. They said when they did the MRI, there was multiple blood clots in her brain in all areas. So we didn't know when she when they took her off the ventilator.
0: But that wasn't for seven days. She, was, she, she went to ICU for seven days. Is that yes. correct? And she was still on the ventilator.
2: And she was still on the ventilator until the last day.
0: That must have terrified you to have to see your daughter in that situation for that long. I'm sure you were relieved that she was still alive and she'd gotten through these surgeries, but still to see your daughter in ICU for seven days on a ventilator.
2: I wasn't sure if, if she was ever going to come out of it. I did not know what damage had actually been done. I know she was alive, but I didn't know if there was damage that she was going to be herself again.
0: Well, she certainly looks like she is. You must be a pretty tough young lady. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) To have survived all of this, okay, and then go back through all the rehab. We'll talk about that when we come back in the next segment. But uh, do you remember any of this at all? No. Not any of it? None of it. Do you remember the very beginning of the accident, the car hitting the truck? None of it. That's amazing. So you have no memory. It's probably a good thing you don't have any memory of what I would have to guess. Diane's over shaking her head. Yes. So I'm assuming there probably is a good thing. She doesn't have any memory. of it. Was she conscious, Sean, when you guys got to the scene or was she unconscious?
3: No, she was unconscious. Um, most of the things that we did as far as medications uh, that would we would usually do to sedate somebody were just for comfort measures oh. at that point.
0: Remarkable story. When we come back to the break, we're going to continue with this story of what happened to this young lady in this automobile accident on April 2nd and how these folks saved her life and the good folks at Children's Mercy and the doctor from KU, how they all came together and Here she sits across the table from me. You'd never know it by looking at her. If you're interested in information on Life Flight Eagle, the website is LifeFlightEagle.org, LifeFlightEagle.org. The phone number, 888-601-4913, 888-601-4913. You know, I always say you're never going to get a call the day you think you're going to need Life Flight Eagle. Just like happened here. Now that membership is up there. I suggest you take a look at it. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate broadcasting here on the HI Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the Fruited Plain here on the HIA Radio Network. You can find out more about us by going to our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. Lots of information up there, new videos up there, lots of things up there. So go to the website. Uh, you'll find it interesting, I think. If you're interested in information on Life Flight Eagle, the membership program is $59 a year. That's your whole family. That's not per person. That's not per month. That's per year. $59 a year. The phone number is 888-601-4913. I've had that card in my pocket for about 15 years now. Good news is I've never had to use it. I suggest you get a membership. Like I said, you're never going to know the day you're going to need it. You're never going to know the situation either. So the phone number again is 888-601-4913, or you can sign up online for your whole family for $59 at lifeflighteagle.org, lifeflighteagle.org. So, Matt, we just found out while we were off air that this is a reunion. These people had not seen each other. She had never met them. Samantha had never met the crew. That saved her life and life flighted her. Mom had never met the crew, and the crew has not seen her since the life since the incident and took her to the hospital.
1: It's really a unique opportunity for the crews to get to get together with the patients who they fly and um, get to see them afterward because um, our crews see the patients at their very worst moments. Um, you know, no one's having a good day when, we're, when, when our crews are flying them. And for them to get to see them afterward, I think, is very special for the crews and a lot of times for the, for the families as well to get to reunite with those people who played such an important part in what was a very bad day.
0: Yeah, I, I, I saw at the very beginning when you reached over and took her hand. And I thought, oh, okay, they must, they must have seen each other. So you all... Diane, not Sean, not you had, neither of you had ever had an opportunity to, to see her again, and you said she looked pretty good. She looks great. Yeah yeah, she does look great, doesn't she? Yeah, she really does look good. All right, so Samantha, you don't remember any of this stuff happening. When, when, when's your when's your first memory of everything come back to you when this all when you, when you started to be cognizant again of what was going on?
2: Well, I'm not really sure.
0: You're not sure, okay? So you were in you're, so after seven days, mom was she able to communicate after the seven days, and have some idea where she was and what was going on?
2: She knew that she was in the hospital. She wasn't talking very good after they pulled the tube out. Um, that took a couple of days. Um, she really didn't respond a whole lot to us, talking wise, for at least three days after we hit the, the rehab unit. Um, she didn't remember anything up till then. Um, she still didn't know anything about the accident. She thought her car was parked in the driveway at home. Actually, All
0: right, so that was your car that was in the accident. Yes, but you weren't driving. No, you were in the passenger seat. Yes. Okay, and what weren't you
1: doing that you, that you probably should have been doing? Wearing a seatbelt. That's <laughs> what I thought. Okay, man, we're gonna talk about that a little bit here. After a while, not not to uh, chastise you too terribly, but um, you know we. Uh, Unfortunately, we see too many uh, unrestrained passengers uh, and unrestrained unrestrained drivers, and um, we know how important it is um, for people to wear their seatbelts and how much better outcomes uh, people have. You know, the other two people who were in the car in your accident um, were able to escape with relatively minor injuries in the grand scheme of things. Um, But unfortunately, you kind of got tossed around in the car like a rag doll a little bit. Is that right? Yeah, she definitely got tossed around like a rag doll. So what was
0: it like going back through the rehab process? That couldn't have been any fun, right?
2: I guess not.
0: Well, you must have, you've been doing this for how long now for rehab? You've been in it for a while. Yeah. And no, it's not been a lot of fun, but you're you're still going through rehab, right? Right. And so your mom said, you're not going to know if you're out of the woods here for another, what, month, mom?
2: Yeah, it'll be another month before we go back to the neurosurgeon to see if the carotid arteries are healed. Um, the cardiac surgeon has already cleared her for her heart, said okay. everything looked good there. Um, we were at the neurosurgeon today. He cleared her for her neck, said it was almost healed, but we have to go back in another month to see if the crowded arteries are healed.
0: I bet you're going to wear your seatbelt from
1: now on, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. You think so? Probably. Probably. <laughs> well, we appreciate you sharing your story because this is a great reminder. Not everyone has a positive outcome uh, like this when they have had an accident without wearing a seatbelt. And so I truly think um, among the listeners there that, that you sharing your story about this will have a positive impact on other people and encourage them to buckle up. It doesn't take but just a second. It's not uncomfortable. Um, and you, you're going to reduce your chances of, of uh, being killed in a car accident dramatically. You know, we there are 348 um, unrestrained um, people were killed in, in, in vehicle accidents last year alone, which amounted uh, to uh, the huge chunk of the fatalities on, on Missouri's roadways last year. And so um, that's the number one thing. Um, so Life Flight Eagle is, has begun to participate in a program uh, with the state of Missouri uh, that is a uh, buckle up, phone down. And that really is, um, you know, get in your car. Very first thing you do is, is buckle up, and then you commit to yourself and everyone around you. You're gonna put your phone down so yeah, that I was you're gonna not say, distracted. And the
0: second thing people do is pick up this thing right here, right okay, driving. Yeah, which is the worst thing you can do.
1: And and my understanding is there might have been some radio changing or something like that that had happened right before, um, right before your accident happened. And so it's so it's so easy for um, for you to take your a uh, driver to take your eyes off the road for just a second. We all have been guilty of it, but we oh. all sometimes have an outcome bias, uh, what we call in our safety culture. An outcome bias. And that is um, because you got away with it once, you may feel like you can get away with it again. I got away with looking down at my phone and sending a text message or reading a text message that one time. So then you become to feel a little bit safer because you feel like you can do that because you've successfully done that so many times. And it only takes once for you to Not be successful. And so, um, you know, committing to yourself and and the people in your car, I'm going to put my phone down, uh, makes a big difference. And that's even more important among teenage drivers. Um, Distracted driving among teens is the number one leading cause of accidents and the number one leading cause of fatalities uh, among teens. And so, um, working with school districts and other programs in the state to encourage um, teenagers to not be distracted driving. We participate in a number of, uh, mock accidents every year with high schools, with the highway patrol and local police and, uh, and fire departments, EMS agencies to go through some mock accidents around prom season and graduation season, um, to encourage, um, no impaired and distracted driving, um, to really try to Im- impress on people the consequences um, that, the, that those types of decisions and behaviors can have. Um, and, and we're fortunate to have somebody here who's, who's willing to share her story and, and let us share her story about what, uh, what, you know, taking your eyes off of the road for just a second uh, can have such a terrible consequence and not clicking uh, can have a terrible consequence. So we're very grateful that you uh, have been willing to share your story and um, that you can have a positive impact on other people um, making, making good decisions.
0: How are you feeling today, Samantha? I feel good. Yeah, you
1: look a little like... beat up after that, I think.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it, it is important. And I really do appreciate your coming here and talking about this because I know it's not easy, and I know it's not easy for you at all, Mom.
2: And the deal is, it was just before her junior prom that this happened too. Oh, Lord. So she did not get to attend it, and she didn't even remember it until after prom was here.
0: But are you are you amazed at how she looks today and how she's come through all this?
2: I am very surprised how she came out of it. Um, I, I'm surprised that she was walking. She's talking. She finished her schoolwork for her junior year. Um, we did it all at home because she tired easy,
4: Mm, but she's,
2: but she still completed all of her schoolwork for the year.
0: And she got it all done.
2: And she got it all done.
0: What would you say to these two folks over here, to Diane and Sean?
2: I have to appreciate them a lot because without them, I would not have her.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Yeah. I mean, it is remarkable what they do. Okay. And it's remarkable. And I'm watching Diane tear up a little bit here because this is emotional for people. It's emotional for them because they do this every day. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, it's remarkable that we talked about all the pieces that came together here, but the first piece that
1: had to happen was they had to get her to Children's Mercy Hospital after the crew from Bethany got her out of the car, Matt. Mm. You know, in a, in a traumatic accident like that, really the only thing that's going to save your life is an operating room. And it, it's going to have to be an operating room at a level one trauma center. And we're, we're fortunate that we are able to provide a helicopter that can get those patients there who desperately need that service at 150 miles an hour, along with- 35 minutes. 35 minutes. I uh, and I and 150 miles an hour with two people who are solely dedicated and, and absolutely working their tails off um, to help save that person's life on the way.
0: Yeah. And then when they got there, as Sean said, they had a, they, a swarm of people mm-hmm. around her. They already knew- that she was coming in with very significant injuries. They knew that it took her an hour to get her out of the car, so it had to be pretty bad. It was a head-on collision with a three-quarter ton truck. Where were you driving? Don't tell me a Volkswagen, okay?
4: Yeah.
0: She was driving a Volkswagen? Oh, my Are you serious? You were driving a Volkswagen?
2: Yeah, she was in a uh, Volkswagen Beetle.
0: Okay. Well, that's... (laughs) I didn't expect that. I got to tell you that I did not expect that. Yeah, Volkswagen Beetles don't do too well up against three-quarter ton trucks. No, that, that 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 probably had a lot to do with that situation. Holy cow! Yeah, that that. But again, as we were saying, you know, the the fact that they were able to pull all these pieces together in 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 conjunction with the Bethany crew and the fact that Bethany had one of your own pyramids there volunteering that day, working that day, probably made a big difference, Matt.
1: It did. And it really speaks to the continuity care that we have. You know, It's the local EMS on the ground who is there and makes that initial call that, oh, this, this person has something very wrong with them. Um, the call to our dispatch center, which immediately activates the aircraft and gets them heading that direction, provides them some basic information about what, what they're going to see when they hit the ground. And then um, they do their thing and they are uh, able to um, communicate ahead of time to the hospital so that when they arrive at the hospital, that trauma team is ready for them. It, it really is a, a huge, well-orchestrated um, event. And it went very well, obviously. So when we come back from the break, we'll wrap it up with the last segment. You're listening to
0: America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HIA radio network, coast to coast, across the USA. That website, once again, is lifeflighteagle.org. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Here on the HIE Radio Network, my producer, Mr. Oscar Monterosa. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. We're continuing this conversation today, talking about this accident that happened on April 2nd to Samantha Friesman, how she came very close to losing her life. And we have in studio with us today the two people who actually saved her life on that flight and the nurse, the flight nurse, Diane Sanderson's here, and Sean Lowry, who was the paramedic on that flight. So it's been quite a story we've heard today as this young lady sits across me, and you'd never know she was in one of these accidents. The Life Flight Eagle membership, pretty important thing to have. 888-601-4913, 888-601-4913, or lifeflighteagle.org. lifeflighteagle.org is the website. You never know, people. That's what I keep telling you, okay? This is uh, <laughs> one of those things where if it happens, uh, you're going to want that membership, believe me. You're not going to want to get the remainder of the the bills from the insurance company that didn't cover it. And I speak from experience as a 26-year broker. So uh, it really makes good sense to spend that $59 and get your family in the Life of the Eagle membership plan. Thank you both, by the way, Mom, and thank you, Samantha, for being here. And thank you for crew being here today. This was uh, quite a story. Let's talk a little bit about membership because I just talked about that. you got some things that are changing. Matt, let's talk a little bit about that and the program and what's going on with it with the program now for Life sure. Eagle.
1: The <coughs> membership itself um, is not really changing, but we're seeing some things in the industry that are uh, changing quite a bit and changing for the positive. So um, some things that we're very excited about. This last, uh, right around Christmas, um, Congress passed a law called the No Surprises Act, uh, which is something that Life Light Eagle has been a very strong advocate of uh, um, through uh, a group that we're part of called the Association of Critical Care Transport. And what that did is it really helped to take um, some of the pressure off of the uh, families when a patient has to be flown. It forces the air medical Programs and insurance companies to come together and to cover a larger part of, uh, to cover uh, an appropriate amount of the bill, so that the patients uh, are not left holding a gigantic bill out there entirely on their own. And so, um, it's a, a very positive uh, change that's going into effect in 2022. Um, we're very fortunate at Life Flight Eagle. We we have always been very aggressive in terms of making uh, partnerships with insurance companies, and, and actually more than 90 of of the patients that we fly are covered by quote unquote in network uh, insurance plans, um, which means that that the insurance is going to pay a, a substantial amount of that bill. It does not, however, mean that um, insurance is going to pay the whole bill. And even under the No Surprises Act, it does not mean that the patient won't owe anything for their uh, for their transport. Um, patients will still owe uh, any deductibles and co-insurance um, that they pocket. might have. Uh, and th- that amount has to come out of pocket. It's a great thing because it's not going to be as much as what it may have been at one point in time, um, but it still is going to be a significant chunk of, of money for folks who are also going to have hundreds and thousands of dollars potentially of medical bills from, uh, from a hospital. And so we really want to reemphasize uh, the importance of membership uh, in that Role. Even though the No Surprises Act has come through, a membership still plays a very important part because it will take care of that co-insurance. It'll take care of the deductible. You will not owe any of any of that uh, for the LifeLight Eagle transport.
0: Yeah, a couple of things you need to know, people. And, and Matt won't say this, but I will. First of all, LifeLight Eagle is not for profit in this and been in this community for how many years now.
1: Uh, we're celebrating two different anniversaries. Actually, later this year is our 25th anniversary as right. Life Flight Eagle, but our roots actually go back to 1978 yeah. serving this community.
0: Long time serving this community. We're very fortunate to have a not-for-profit air ambulance community service here. They do a lot more than just fly patients. They also do a lot of work out in the rural communities, education to the fire departments and first responders out there. So it's very important. But I'll tell you something. I, you know, I gave out that website about three or four times. If you go up on that website, you're going to see a lot of conglomo air up there. That's what I call them before you see the Life Flight eagle piece. They're about three clicks down when you go look at the website. Keep in mind something. This is a not-for-profit outfit. Okay, they're here for the patients they're not here for profit. What they do is tremendously important in this community and we're very, very fortunate to have them. I've been a member, as I said, for over 15 years. I've had that card in my pocket. I think they do a magnificent job and I think, as I said, we're fortunate to have it. It makes a lot of sense to get that membership and I really urge you to take a moment and go up there and do it. $59. You're driving to the lake back and forth. Whatever you're Doing over the summer. You're going to go hunting in the fall. Uh, you're out on the rural roads. This was a two-lane road, right, Matt? They were right. on with a bridge they went over right. or didn't quite go over. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and it's on these kind of situations where we see a lot of that. Yes. Absolutely.
1: You know, we, we really don't fly patients right here within the metro area. Um, our patients really come from the rural areas surrounding Kansas City, whether it's, you know, all the way up by the Iowa border down to Lake of the Ozarks and Truman Lake, um, the eastern counties in Kansas and, and all the way out to Saline County. Uh, in Missouri. All of those areas, we are uh, flying patients from those rural communities either back here to Kansas City or to Columbia or to Springfield, even sometimes to Des Moines based on where they are in our service area.
0: Yeah. And and it's funny, I I looked at the newspaper a couple of weeks ago and I saw that you had to fly someone out of uh, Lake of the Ozarks that had been in some, or, or Truman, I can't remember which one it was, that had been in some kind of a boating accident. And I thought, yeah, that was definitely Life Flight Eagle. <laughs> you're, yeah. get, you're a little busy in the summer. A lot of right, guys? In that guys. Yeah, they're over here shaking their head. Yeah. yeah, it gets a little busier in the summer. Yeah, it does. A- yeah, absolutely, it does. So, well, th- yeah, and one other thing, if folks are interested in it, um, you do uh, offer people an opportunity to support if they want to make a donation to Life Flight Eagle. It is a, a, a for what? 501c3. 501c3 profit organization. 501 3 I want to say 401 c Yeah, 501 c for profit so, organization. So talk a little bit about that if folks are interested in that.
1: Sure. Well, obviously, our core mission at Life Flight Eagle is, is transporting those critically ill and injured patients. But the other important part of what we do is providing that outreach education for first responders, um, fire departments, EMS agencies, um, community hospitals, um, providing the education, and then providing community education, um, like the seatbelt awareness and the non-distracted driving, that kind of thing. So we encourage you, um, join, uh, become a member. That's a really important source of funding for us to help fund those those uh, non missions. And then you can also sign up um, to be a recurring uh, donor where you can donate $20 a month or $5 a month, whatever you might like there. You can do like a, lot can do you you a whole lot more than that <laughs> as well. We are, we are, we're very grateful uh, for donations of any amount, but we sincerely appreciate the community's support. Uh, we couldn't be here without their support, and so we uh, ask you to consider uh, giving if you're, if you're capable.
0: Yeah, and it is tax deductible, which people need to know.
1: The memberships are not tax deductible, but all of the donations yeah, are tax no, deductible. De- right? meant,
0: yeah, the donations yep. are tax deductible, which people do need to know. And, um, as I said earlier, um, uh, Matt won't say this, I will, you know, they're not conglomerate, okay? You know, they're here for the patients, they're not here for the profit, they've been here for a long time. They do an amazing job, we're very fortunate to have them. So, once again, thank you all for doing this today, for all being here, that was quite an effort on your part to get this many people in here.
1: Uh, I'm amazed you did it. Well, I, I appreciate everybody for, for being here, Samantha, I appreciate you sharing your story and Judy for, for, for uh, reliving the story for us uh, and sharing that. And obviously, I appreciate uh, Diane and Sean for, for being here and being part of this as well.
0: The website, once again, is LifeFlightEagle.org, LifeFlightEagle.org. The phone number, 888-601-4913, 888-601-4913. You can get a membership today. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I leave you with this thought from Albert Einstein, the one who follows the crowd will usually get no further than the crowd. The one who walks alone is likely to find himself in places no one has ever been. Remember, friends, it's a funny thing about life. If you refuse to accept anything but the very best. You most often get it. Thank you for listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HIA Radio Network, coast to coast, across the USA. Goodbye, America.